so if I take myself back to, let's say, six years ago, I'm 265 pounds. Wow. I have a thriving business that's doing really well. But personally, I'm not doing well. I'm smoking. I'm overeating. I'm drinking six Snapples a day. I still remember listening <laughs> to, the, to the pop on the Snapple cap, how amazing it would sound to me. Like I would be like that reward, you know? Wow. Um, and I was eating tons of fast food and pizza and burgers and a bunch of garbage. I was not exercising at all. As a matter of fact, I was very, very not active. And I used to pride myself that I would work 16 hours a day, work really, really hard. And I had a very successful business, but I was completely unaware that I was abusing my body and ultimately abusing my mind. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grunberg. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. Today, we have a tremendous guest, a phenomenal entrepreneur. He's CEO. He's a Google certified trainer. He's a coach. He lives and breathes personal development. His work has been featured in everything from Business Insider to the Wall Street Journal to Forbes, and of course, entrepreneur, Joseph Applebaum. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, Martin. I'm so excited to be on the show. Can't wait to have this amazing conversation with you. I, I can't wait. And uh, it sounds like we got a f- couple of rugrats there in the background, um, which is all good, man. So I've wanted to have you on the show for a very, very long time. And I think the listener is going to appreciate why. It's summed up actually in your, <laughs> your title, uh, at your company. You are the CEO, but, but the title says chief energy officer. And I'm going to share a little backstory. I don't even know if you remember this. It was the global leadership conference, like 2014, 2015, something like that. We were running around in Greece and you had your selfie stick. And now that I'm saying that, I'm kind of thinking <laughs> I may have to post one of two of those pictures with this podcast. So you are and were the selfie stick guy. Is that ringing a bell? Do you remember any of that? Of course. I One of, one of the things that I like to do is do a thousand selfies with a thousand CEOs every year. Somebody said, when you go to a networking event or when you go to a business event, how do you remember that you met somebody to follow up? I say, I just take a selfie with the people that I want to follow up with. So, so that's a tool for you and your networking. Yeah, absolutely. And it also helps me be able to stay top of mind with those people. I mean, the one thing that everyone loves to see is a photo of themselves. And when they see a photo of themselves smiling with a photo of me, what better way to make a connection on social media with somebody? Well, I got to say it's working. I mean, I, first of all, I went over to your, your Facebook page and I noticed your, your wall, if that's what it's called, has you and about a billion selfies with other people. So, and, and you are probably one of the most well networked guys I know. Um, 
and yeah, that certainly stuck with me. You running around with your <laughs> with the selfie stick, taking a lot of pictures. It's great. Yeah, and at my at my networking events now, I give out selfie sticks to people, and I tell people, don't be afraid to use it. Don't be afraid to use the selfie stick because a lot of people feel like it's awkward or weird to take selfies. And that's exactly how I used to feel, but I had to get over those fears. That's amazing. So, uh, yeah, I still have not, I still, I still have not busted out and got, got me a selfie stick, but maybe after this discussion, you're going to push me over the hump. Um, I actually, I actually have a friend who developed a 10 foot selfie stick. It's just one of the most amazing things. If you go on Amazon, look up 10 foot selfie stick when you get it. (laughs) That's crazy. So Joe, typically we kick off the show with something called the GTR, the good things report. As is customary, you can either go first or I can let me know how you want to play this and we'll keep moving. Oh, because you're the host, I would love to have you go first. So Perfect. go ahead. Thank you. Well, it works for me. So this this is a few weeks old, but it but it was really very rewarding. Um, you may or may not know this. I have two daughters in less than a month. One's going to be 18, and one's going to be 16. The one that's turning 18 for a year and a half has been driving uh, largely by design my old Ram four by four truck. It's an incredibly safe vehicle. It's the kind of vehicle you should, one should be learning how to drive in. Um, But given that she's had straight A's, she's had a job for about a year. She's really been killing it. She's shown herself to be extremely responsible. And with her birthday coming up, we, uh, just got her a new car, a little VW bug, and she's very happy and we're very proud of her. So that's my GTR. Uh, that's such a beautiful, beautiful GTR. I love that. Um, for me, I have five children and my, I took my son with me to a networking event and you might be able to hear them in the background now. They're still not sleeping. It's my responsibility to put them to sleep. Uh, but I took my son, my seven-year-old son to a networking event to come and check out the networking event. Initially, I was very hesitant because I typically don't like bringing my family to business events because I want to, I want to be professional. I want to be focused, but I I learned a lot of really great things about bringing my son there. Besides the fact that I wanted to teach him what it means to network and what it means to get out of your comfort zone. But I learned a lot of things around being present, around curiosity, around really connecting with people without having any expectations. So I'm very grateful that I got outside of my comfort zone, brought my son to a networking event that I was hosting in New York city and uh, I'm just very grateful that he had a great experience and people were emailing me after telling me, oh my gosh, I can't believe you brought your son. That's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen at a networking event. So <laughs> if, you, if you don't mind sharing, kind of bookend this for us. The, the youngest is how old and the oldest is how old? Uh, the youngest is two and the oldest is 12. So we have everything in between. We have three girls and two boys. You said two to 12 and you're, you're fading on me a little, so... Something happened to the mic. Two oh, to 12. Yeah. Oh, no worries. Two to 12, three girls and two boys. Three girls, two boys. Well, I got to diagram that. That's you. You You guys got your hands full. Under 12, five. That's amazing. Yeah. So take us back, Joe. I'm guessing, and, and you have a tremendous personal story I can't wait to get into, um, but I like to kick off the show helping 
the listener understand a bit of your background, kind of where you grew up, where maybe where you went to high school and or college, not super in-depth, just kind of the cursory overview, uh, because we know you weren't always the the personal development master CEO. So so take us through the, the learning curve here. Uh, so for me, growing up, I, I'm, I'm an Orthodox Jew, so we grew up in a Jewish community. I went to a Jewish school, and the goal is always to go become a rabbi. That's like the ultimate thing. Go learn Torah and go become a rabbi. So that's basically the path that I was on. My mother was very entrepreneurial. She had a store for 10 years in the Lower East Side. She tried to succeed. I always watch her work so hard and try to make a living, but it was very difficult for her. And eventually, like most businesses, she went out of business within 10 years. And the crazy thing is I watched her and I was really, really helpless. I had no idea what to do. Um, and I saw how hard she was working 16 hours a day trying to make it. And she was never able to get over the million-dollar mark. I successfully went to Israel, became a rabbi, and then I realized I really don't want to be a rabbi. I more want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do web design. I want to do IT services. I had a sukkah building business. I It was a bunch of things that I was doing, selling stuff on eBay. And so for me, I was always watching my mother, and that's what I resonated with. I resonated with being an entrepreneur. So when I had the chance to serve people by learning my own skills, I was very skill-oriented. I was like, I got to learn it. I got to learn it. I got to learn it. So I started reading books around developing my skills. It wasn't so much around personal development. And that's one of the advice that I would probably give myself if I had to go back. Uh, Back in the day, I would be like, read books on personal development. Not so much on building your skills, but building yourself. And ultimately, you'll be able to build whatever skills you want. So growing up, I went to go learn to be a rabbi, but ultimately... I decided that I really wanted to be an entrepreneur and you know I learned a lot of things about why my mother didn't wasn't able to build her business when I went and built my business like within 18 months I was able to get to a million dollars of revenue and then double a few times hit to 5000 so watching her and seeing all the things that she didn't do right that what became very very powerful in my life Yeah and what a what uh so there's a few different directions to take here I mean what a powerful mentor to have and, and learn from. And then, and then as you're, as an Orthodox Jew, the, the pull from the environment must have been extremely strong to go down the, the rabbi path, as you say. So, so how was it? I'm guessing it couldn't have been incredibly easy to, to deviate. And, and where did you find the support for that? Well, I, I the key is to finish, right? The key is to go there, go to school, go to rabbinic study, do everything that you can, get the certification. I went to Israel, I got the whole thing, and then I went to Kentucky to become a, to be a rabbi. And during my time there, I was successful at doing that. I didn't feel like fulfilled while I was doing it. I didn't feel like it really, like I was passionate and obsessed with it. But when it came to computers and networking and web design, I felt myself doing that nonstop. And that's the thing that I really was passionate about. So I said, if, if I'm going to go all into something, I got to do something that I'm really passionate about. So I started building websites for people and I started fixing computers for people and I started selling things on eBay. And that's what really fired me up. And I said, this is what I need to be doing. And because I was successful at it and so that's everybody supported me. They were like, yeah, this is your thing. This is obviously oh. your thing. So there was no pushback. Got it. So, yeah, I was thinking there might have been some resistance. Well, that's amazing. So, yeah. 
as you developed what what was the company was was it always Ajax Union or was there a company that preceded that? I had a company called Apple's Creations. So basically I had uh, a bunch of little side hustles that I was doing. So it was kind of like Apple's Creations, IT support NYC. Um <laughs> I had I had like an eBay thing called Apple 770 where I would buy things on Craigslist and sell them on eBay. I had a sukkah building business called Reliable Sukkah Builders. I had a bunch of different things going on at the same time. And right. then I got I went to I went to LA. I worked kind of had a hybrid where I worked on a company called askmoses.com. So it was like hybrid being a rabbi, hybrid doing IT. And then eventually a bunch of, I, I just started doing IT full time after I got married. Um, and then eventually I, I found a partner. Somebody offered me a job. I ended up taking the job. Um, and uh, I found a partner and the, my, me and my partner together created Ajax Union. So, okay. And what year did, does that company start? So the company, so I met my partner in 2007. We started the company beginning of 2008. We officially incorporated, but we still both had full-time jobs till the end of 2008. He, he got fired from his job. 2009, the business is already taking off. So I, I quit my job in 2009 and I started working full-time at Ajax Union. Incredible. So 2009. And then we, I, I got to back this up because I think I heard something. <laughs> Did you say you you created something or you work for something called Ask Moses? Yeah, so I work for – so I what I was looking for is a job to do technology, to do computers. Right. But I didn't want to just go straight into doing computers without being involved with Judaism somehow because I had this whole rabbinical thing that I wanted to do. So somebody came over to me and said, Joe – why don't you go work for askmoses.com? They're building a platform, a digital platform got it. for rabbis to, to virtually whatever. So I said, okay, cool. So I got an interview with the guy and he's like, you're hired instantly. Come to LA. I'll pay for everything. It was just like an amazing opportunity for me. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Sounds amazing. And it worked out really. And I spent the year in LA. Just it was so much fun. Um, I would have never had the opportunity to really get to know San Diego and LA and all over the place over there. I was just like, I was like the happening person. And I was running the IT for all the Jewish institutions there. So it was a lot of fun. That's incredible. And yeah, for you, it was, it was a way to kind of solve two, two problems or, or mix two passions is probably a better way to put it. And, uh, I like how you said that the whole rabbinical thing. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so today, Ajax Union is about how many employees? So over the years, we built a business to 75 full-time people. Wow. We serviced 1,100 clients. But about three years ago, my partner decided he wanted to go do his passion, which is work with people that have drug addiction. So he opened up a rehab center in South Carolina and moved down over there. Got and it. so I was basically holding the business myself. And I said, you know what? This is not the type of business that I want to keep running. I don't just want to keep running a business that has – uh, adding 50 new clients and losing 50 new clients and adding 20 employees and losing 20 employees. And I was like, I, I need to completely change myself and change the business. And that's when I really started really taking care of myself personally and changing, like getting in touch with all my insecurities and all my fears and developing myself. And so I was right in the middle of my personal development journey. And I decided I was at an EO event where I decided I'm basically going to get rid of all my clients and all my employees and completely changed my company around. And instead of working with hundreds of clients, 
I'm going to just work with 20 to 30 clients at a time. And instead of them paying me a few thousand dollars a month, I'm going to take clients that are paying me tens of thousands of dollars a month. And instead of taking entry-level employees, I'm going to take very high-end employees. I completely changed my business around. And now we work with a handful of clients. Um, we're not working with more than 20 clients at the same time. And in our office, we only have six desks in our office. We went from, from 75 it. people to an office of 20 people to an office of six. And then we have like a team of like 40 freelancers that we use for whatever we need. But I've really made my business efficient and profitable with a lot of systems and processes and with the right clients. I turned down 90% of the business that comes to me. And we went from being a general agency to really focused on being B2B, specifically for companies that are 10 to $100 million in annual sales, and specifically for companies that need lead nurturing and account-based marketing that have a sales team, that have a marketing team, and want to build up their sales funnel. So talk about being very, very, very specific from being a generalist. You know, back in the day, we were doing everything, SEO, SEM, social media, email, PR, video, right. any, any client that would come to us, we would take them on, whether you were an author or whether you were a $500 million company. Got it. Well, that's a great lesson, I think, uh, for the listener and certainly one I continue to hear and learn myself. It's this idea of just niching and getting getting more vertical and less broad. You can You can serve fewer people better <laughs> when you focus on a niche so to speak so um it's kind of okay. like when you're when you're picking a habit right when you're picking a habit you got to pick one habit to work on at a time you can't just change every single habit that you have in your entire life in every area of your life i took your course you just started offering an awesome course and one of the things that you say is which area of your life do you really want to improve pick one is it relationships is it career is it something else and for me, I'm like looking at that and I'm like, yes, you got to pick one and start with one. And so the same thing in your business, when you focus on one area, you can have much greater impact. So that's a beautiful segue here, Joe, because I'm just using actually the business discussion to get into what, what motivates me. And that's, that's Joe's catchphrase motivation here is, uh, Joe is very active on Facebook. He, he, he posts a lot, a lot of great material, a lot of great motivational videos. And you have one of the great stories that I've seen over the years. And, and, you know, it was, it was summarized by a post a couple of weeks ago where you took a picture of your scale and it was, like 169, I think you were saying you, you just broke through the 170s, but, but take the listener back and, and all of us really, what, when that journey started, uh, what was your weight and, and what was the mindset shifts that, that helped you realize those amazing results? So if I take myself back to, let's say, six years ago, I'm 265 pounds. Wow. I have a thriving business that's doing really well. But personally, I'm not doing well. I'm smoking. I'm overeating. I'm drinking six Snapples a day. I still remember listening <laughs> to, the, to the pop on the Snapple cap, how amazing it would sound to me. Like, I would be like that reward, you know? Wow. Um, and I was eating tons of fast food and pizza and burgers and a bunch of garbage. I was not exercising at all. As a matter of fact, I was very, very not active. And I used to pride myself that I would work 16 hours a day, work really, really hard. And I had a very successful business. 
but I was completely unaware that I was abusing my body and ultimately abusing my mind and just trying, you know, I was a person that just wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted more, but I didn't know right. how, how to quantify that and how to create quality in my life. And it wasn't until I sat down on the couch one day and I'm sitting with the kids and my wife and we're all sitting around uh, videotaping the kids. They were jumping around, having a good time. And then we were, <laughs> we're watching the video and I'm looking and I, I hear something in the background, some noise. So I asked my wife, what's that noise in the background? She's like, that's you breathing. Oh my goodness. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe. And I started listening to some other videos and I started realizing <laughs> that, oh my God, you can actually hear me breathe like a, like a, like an elephant, right? Wow. I was like, I was a really loud noise. And I realized at that point that I had very low integrity in terms of what I was doing and um, I needed to really change myself up. So then I called up my friends and I said, hey guys, Let's go out and talk about how you can hold me accountable. And we went to a kosher restaurant. And after having a bunch of appetizers, two mains, and a bunch of desserts, I realized that these guys are the wrong guys. They're not going to help me lose weight. I asked my wife for help, and she's like, "You, it really has to come from you." Right. So then, oh man, decided- wait, wait. Can I just time out? So your wife is brilliant. That's. That's amazing. Keep going. Sorry. I just had to say yeah. William. So, so one day I'm double parked outside my house and I'm waiting for a parking spot. In Brooklyn, it's very hard to find a parking spot. I couldn't find a parking spot and I didn't want to walk. I didn't want to walk a few blocks. You know, I knew there were parking spots a few blocks away. Finally, after waiting for 30 minutes, I said, you know what? I'm getting tired. Let me just walk. So I parked a few blocks away. And while I'm waiting to cross a big parkway, I look at my phones and I see I have no notifications on Facebook. But I have many, many friends. And I look at my Facebook and I say, you know what? Why don't, why don't I just ask my friends? Why don't I just ask my friends on Facebook and say, hey, guys, I need I need you to mode. And at that point, I thought that if I walked, well, because I was exhausted from walking from the car because I just ate a massive meal somewhere. I said, <laughs> exhausted. If I walk or if, exactly, if, if I walk or if I run, maybe I'll lose the weight, right? That's what I thought. Like most people, you think that if you run, you lose the weight, that, but I don't want to run because I'm too heavy. Anyway, so I posted, if you like this post, I will go one minute for a like. I'm fed up with being overweight. I'm ready to start losing weight. I know I need to start running. I know I need to start walking. I hate doing it, but I'll do it for you. And then I, and I said, no one's even going to like this. No one's going to look at this. No one ever likes my stuff. Back then, I used to put pictures of cats instead of pictures of me because I was afraid of myself. I was afraid of what I looked like. I didn't want to get judged. So I kind of like hid behind like my logo. Like a lot of people I know, they hide behind their logo. They're afraid to put pictures of themselves. Right. Anyway, so I went to sleep that night, turned off my phone. I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning. And I had 10 likes. And I was like, oh, my God, I got 10 people to like a post? That's insanity. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's crazy. So I decided to go for a 10-minute like, and I said, I'm going to show you guys a picture of me doing it. So I posted a picture of myself doing it, and I took a little video of myself doing it. And you can still go back to six years ago, and you can see those pictures and videos. And every day I would do this. And I would get 10 likes and then eventually 20 and then eventually 30. Before you know it, I was getting 70 likes a day. And I was feeding off the attention to start going running around the park. I was mostly limping more than running at that point, but I was still moving. And let me tell you, it got me on this whole awareness journey of trying to figure out, okay, I'm not really losing that much weight from doing this. Let me figure out why. And then I realized that instead of drinking Snapple, I had to drink water. And then I realized there were certain ingredients I had to change and they were all basically I had to rewire how I look at health and how I look at my energy. All right, a quick timeout. Thank you very much. I hope you are digging this interview.
I wanted to share with you really quickly. I just sent out one email last week. Well, depending on when you're listening, the point is we're doing a free course. The response has been overwhelming. 35, 38, I think people are now piling in. This is a free course only until 1116. It's called Get Unstuck. If you're feeling stuck, that is not the problem. The question is, how are you going to respond? We all know some people who do nothing and a year turns into two years and tragically decades. It's almost like being, being, excuse me, boiled like that frog by one degree without ever knowing, boiled to death. Don't be, <laughs> don't be that frog. Don't be that guy, that gal. Check it out. It's free again to 1116. It talks you and walks you through step by step the habit factor methodology, the PAR methodology, plan, act, record, reassess. It is the proven process to get you unstuck, headed where it is you want to be going. If you go to the habit factor site or the podcast site or even look at the, the liner notes from this episode, we will hang a link to this course. Get it while it's free. After 1116, it will not be free. Get after it. Thank you. Let's get back to this great interview. Peace. I went to a Tony Robbins event a few years back with a bunch of EOers, and one of the things he made me realize is that my goal is not to feel better. My goal is not to be healthier. My goal is to have better energy. Because the better my energy is, the better my life is. Because at the end of the day, the one thing we have in common with everything in this universe is that we're all made up of energy. And so I want to I want to be able to take my energy to the next level. I want to take my energy up a notch. And I need to take my body up a notch, my mind up a notch, my spirit up a notch. And if I can do that, I'll have better energy. And that's why I wrote High Energy Secrets, which is basically my journey of how I went from being this schlub that was 265 pounds to taking my energy to the next level, being freer, and ultimately in my heart, feeling complete with who I am. I That is fantastic. And, and let's make sure at the end, we'll talk a bit about high energy secrets and make sure we ha- have a link to that. You know, Mark, Mark Twain, I think I have this on the Habit Factor site. He's got a great quote. And it's just like, what is man without energy? Nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> so... Um, keying on the most elemental unit, the fact is you're absolutely right. Everything's energy. You have sound energy. You can, you can, colors have energy. Um, and certainly we are nothing but a bundle of energy. And without it, we are nothing. And that is what makes up our health. So that's just such an amazing story. Absolutely. Yeah, and look, at the, at the end of the day, when you're thinking about this word called energy, there's energy that brings us up and there's energy that brings us down. There's energy that makes us happy. There's energy that makes us sad. There are states, which is basically energy. It's vibrations. You're either vibrating low with fear or you're vibrating high with gratitude and happiness and, and joy and love and all that, all that type of stuff. So the question is, where do you want to be? Absolutely. No, I'm clapping because it's, it's a tremendous point. And, and I think the older we get, the more sensitive we become to, uh, at least this was certainly my experience, 
the people maybe in your life that that weren't bringing uh, good energy to any particular scene or or scenario. So um, important point, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's excellent. Thank yeah. you. So I want to go into a few kind of standard questions I like to ask, and and you kind of touched on this earlier. If you were to give yourself, and it's okay if you go in a different direction, but you know, your 22-year-old self, some advice, knowing what you know now, um, what might that look like or sound like? I would definitely say personal development. Read books, listen to podcasts, and hire a coach. Take the money that you saved and hire a coach. Invest in the self. I think uh, I know I'm I shouldn't I'd love to do this. Hit people with quote, Benjamin Franklin, the an investment in knowledge or in self pays the highest dividends. So um, brilliant. And, and here's something I don't typically ask, but because you're uh, a coach yourself and, and so um, well studied, well versed in personal development, I want to ask you if 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 you run across a person who's let's say 40, 45, maybe even 55 and they feel like they're either stuck or um they feel like they got nothing going, what what advice do you give that person? What I typically do and I I coach people for free on my podcast called The Breakthrough Maze, you know, I I always want to do avoid charging people for coaching because I feel like I just want to give it away. And one of the things that I realized that it's not really going to help somebody unless I charge them because unless they invest in themselves, it's not going to work. But I still coach people for free because I want people to have the information. Right. So what's ultimately, the, wait, what, what I'm I, sorry, what's that podcast called? It's called The Breakthrough Maze. Breakthrough Maze. And, you know, uh, just parenthetically, yeah, I've had the same realization. I People just don't value – if something's free um, – they don't value it. I, I have, well, the habit factor has many flavors, but there's a free flavor and a, and a pro flavor. And just as a quick example, um, they're almost identical. They're totally identical technically and in function. And, and the one people pay $10 for is higher rated than the free one. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, people tend to value what they pay for, but but go ahead, please continue. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, so when I take people through the breakthrough maze, and when I was younger, I used to always uh, create mazes, and that's kind of like you know I'm obsessed with puzzles and strategies and mazes and all types of stuff like that. That's so great. for me, I, t- I tell somebody there are three levels to the breakthrough maze. Uh oh, did we lose you? Nope, you didn't lose me. I just paused it for a hot second. Okay. So there are three levels to the maze. To the breakthrough maze. Level number one is awareness. Level number two is strategy. And level number three is accountability. So the first step that I want everyone to understand is if you don't have awareness, you don't have anything. That's the idea. You have to have awareness. Most people, they're stuck in their head. And I heard Tony Robbins say this. I heard many gurus say this. If you're in your head, you're dead. So you have to get out of your head. You have to get on paper. You have to see what you have you going on in your life. 
if you don't know what your goals are, if you don't know what your aspirations, they say a, a man without a goal is like a ship without a rudder. Eventually, you're going to hit the rocks. So, and you don't have to hit rock bottom. So, so the question, and and this is fantastic. I'm if if they're asking, they have some awareness. So, so they're feeling like, look, I'm stuck. The yes, they're in their head, but but they're aware. Um. So maybe that just leads us to your your point in step two strategy strategy. So handing right. them so, if, so number so oftentimes people people think that they they have the awareness, but then they, you have to go a little deeper and figure out why haven't you solved it? What are you afraid of? What's really stopping you? What's the right. real fear behind you being stuck? Whenever you're you're stuck, it's because you have a fear. Fear stops everything. So you got to figure out what that fear is. And why you have that fear and why it's stopping you, why you stuck, why you're not taking action. Ultimately, if you want results in life, you have to take action. And if you're not taking action, it's because you don't have – you have certain limiting beliefs that are stopping you from taking action. And they're based in fear usually. So we have to figure out what those self-limiting beliefs are through creating awareness. Once you have that awareness, you need a action. you need an action plan, which is basically a strategy. A strategy is a plan for how to use your resources. And ultimately, it's about figuring out what you need to do because you're not going to get anything with thinking. You need to do something if you want to get out of being stuck. So what is it that you need to do? Do you need to take care of your mind? Do you need to take care of your body? Do you need to take care of your spirit? Do you need to take care of your relationships? Do you need to take care of your business? Figuring out what the strategy is. Once you have a clear action plan of what you need to do, then you need accountability to make sure that you're getting it done because if you take massive action – that's when you start getting results. That's really the key to results is action. And the key to making sure that you, that you are actually taking action is to understand your beliefs, your belief system. So I always tell people step number one is your beliefs. Then after your beliefs and often your failures are the ones that are, are holding you back because people are afraid of success. They're afraid of, they're basically afraid of, of seeing themselves fail again or seeing themselves success, which technically be the ultimate failure. I have a guy who's afraid of money. He's a friend of mine. He's afraid of money. He's afraid of money because when he was making $30,000 a month, he wanted to cheat on his wife. So he said, you know what? I'm never going to make money again because I don't want to have to cheat on my wife. Crazy. Um, So that's fantastic. I, I mean, awareness, strategy, accountability, and, and I just want to insert <laughs> If to the listener, the two last components, the strategy, when you look at the, I, I think it's a nice segue and, and it's an important one. So I'm just going to interject here real quick, Joe. The strategy with the habit factor is when you focus on your habits instead of a to-do list, that's a strategy. When you align your habits to your goals, that's a strategy. So the habit factor helps address Joe's step two and accountability. Well, if you're tracking your habits daily, it addresses step three. So, um, an incidental segue, if you will, to, to what we're all about here at habits to goals and what the habit factor is about. But I, I think, first of all, I like your, your key three, if you will. And, uh, Thanks for answering that question. So we are approaching third base now. I uh, want to thank you again for your time, Joe. 
You have been killing it. Thank you. This is, this is really, really motivational, buddy. So thank you. Um, thank you. A few other set questions here. How, and we all experience these, and you're, you know, you're a business leader, you're a thought leader, you're out there leading the charge. But when you have a, a crappy day, uh, what, how do you work your way through that day? So when I have a crappy day, it's usually because I'm in a crappy state. When I have a crappy day, it's usually because I'm in a crappy state. And a crappy state comes from three different things. Number one is my body, right? My body determines my state. So if I didn't exercise that day, I didn't take care of my body. I didn't eat right. I'm not hydrated. I always tell people a 5% drop in hydration is a 30% drop in energy. You have to drink enough water. And most people are severely dehydrated. And they're wondering why they're having a bad day. I always tell my kids, I tell my wife, I tell my coaching clients, I tell everyone that I say hi, I say, how much water did you drink today if you're not having a good day? <laughs> often it's because you're dehydrated, you didn't run, you didn't feel, you're not, you're not taking care of your body. That's step number one. Step number two is I ask myself, where is my focus? What am I focused on? Am I focused on the right questions or the wrong questions? And often when I'm having a bad day, I'm thinking, why me? Why does this have to happen to me instead of what's great about this? So if you can think about what's great about this in your life and constantly put your focus on gratitude, focus on on asking the right questions, focus on possibility, focus on on looking for that shining silver lining, looking for the opportunity in every single thing that happens, you're going to be more focused on the right thing. And the third thing is I ask myself, what language am I using? What are the words that I'm using? Because words really matter. The actual words that we use create our reality and everything that you've ever had in your life came from the words that you've used in your life to create what you're like. My son today opened up the fridge and he said, Ta, I can't find the ketchup. And I say, what did you just say? He said, I can't find the ketchup. I was like, is that true? He's like, yeah. I was like, let's look together. I see the ketchup <laughs> and you don't see the ketchup. And I said, you know why I see the ketchup? He's like, yeah, help me find the ketchup because I shouldn't say I can't. I shouldn't say I can't. Where's the ketchup? Show me the ketchup. And I say, the ketchup is right effing here. And I showed him the ketchup. The ketchup is right here. It's right here in front of you. You see, you can't say that you can't. You have to say, you have to change your words because your words will drive your results. So I look at those three things and that will help me be able to have a much, much better day. And I, and I have reminders that I set myself. You know, there are certain habits that I have right when I wake up in the morning. And those habits help make sure that every single day is an outstanding day. Every single day is an outstanding day. And it starts with weighing myself, believe it or not. Because I believe Every it. time I weigh myself, <laughs> I, I remind myself that I am freaking amazing that I lost 95 pounds and kept it off. Well, and, yes. and another, another great, uh, you know, key three, if you will. And, and number two, just worth reiterating, we talk about it on the show. What you focus on, and I don't mean you, I don't mean me. What we focus on, we tend to feel. So, so <laughs> it's that kind of simple, right? What you focus on, you feel. Um, yeah. All right. How about this one? Because you're just knocking it out of the park, Joe. How do you define success? The way that I define success is being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whomever I want, and for how long I want. I literally want to be able to live the life of my dreams. When you have freedom, when you have power, 
when you have vitality, this is a word that I wrote at a personal development seminar a few years back. I asked myself, what do I really want? I want vitality because right. money, money comes and money goes. Relationships, relationships come and relationships go. Success and, and fame, fame comes and fame goes. The people that love you today will one day hate you. The people that hate you today will one day love you. Don't worry about all that. What I want is I want to be able to taste life. I want to be able to be in the moment. I want to be able to be helping other people. I set a goal to help 1,000 hungry entrepreneurs go from frustration to motivation. Motivation. Because I'm, I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey to support other people. And that's really why I set that goal. And so for me, success means not just being present and having vitality, but also helping thousands of other people. It starts with 1,000. But I want to be able to help other people be able to have what I have, which ultimately means being complete with yourself, coming from a place of completion. You cannot have a relationship with anybody else unless you can be complete with yourself. And most people are not complete with themselves. And ultimately, if you're coming from a place of lack of completion, you're never going to be able to have that peace, that freedom, and ultimately that vitality. Beautiful. Works for me, man. I think uh, we like to say here on the show, creating your ideal future. And I think that that certainly fits within that general framework. Um, so you touched on, you know, jumping on the scale. First thing, habits. I like to ask about, you know, maybe two or three more that you think are instrumental to, uh, you know, your success and and general happiness if you will oh definitely definitely so when i'm thinking about the habits that i have in my life and i saw that you know you, i was taking your course and i was looking and i was seeing that you know you were asking people about habits and i find this with many clients and many people that i speak to when you use the word habit people often think that habits are bad habits they're always trying to fix their bad habits but you can't fix habits for me what i really learned was that you just have to create the habits that you want and look at habits as kind of like you say, as neutral, like having neutral habits. Like what are the habits that I have? So for me, the, the habits that I wanted to create for myself was exercising in the morning. But you can't, you can't exercise every day. It's just not going to happen. Some days you're just not in the mood. So this is the habit that I created instead of exercise. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Instead of exercising. I'm, I'm braced. I, I, I created a habit to put on exercise gear. That's what I committed to. I committed <laughs> to just putting on exercise gear. I love it. All right. I'm not, whether, I, I'm maybe one day I won't exercise, but I know that if I put on my shorts, I put on my t-shirt, I put on my cap, I get my sneakers on with my special socks, and I get all ready. And if I go downstairs and then I don't exercise, I just feel like a total ass. I have to exercise at that point because I'm all ready. Just go do it, right? I'm all ready to do it. And I kind of learned this from from getting things done, from David Allen's book, getting things done, where you sure, have to prepare sure. everything for a project before you get the project ready. So that was one habit that was really, really instrumental. Obviously, weighing myself every day, uh, they say where focus goes, energy flows. So for me, weighing myself every day was a massive habit. And then another one that was massive for me to be able to even learn the power of habit is making my bed. And most people don't realize this, but they don't, you don't even know that you, whether you make your bed or not. If I ask, most people ask, do you make your bed? They're like, I'm not sure if I do or don't. And like, I don't know. So I say, go back and check if you do. And what's crazy is that I checked and I saw I didn't make my bed. 
And now I go back and I look at my bed. My bed is always made. And that's crazy. I don't even know that I make my bed. It just makes. It just makes itself. <laughs> so I started realizing that how powerful habits are is you can't consciously get to your goal unless you actually just set up these automatic subconscious or or unconscious um, things like routines that will just happen on its own. If you want success, you got to figure out the routines that other people have and then literally just go after them. For me, I learned that making my bed, putting on my exercise gear, drinking 32 ounces of water right when I wake up in the morning by having the water bottles right next to my bed. Like those are the things that are like drone into my head where I just do them every single day. And if I can do that every day and I just add some journaling, I add some meditation, I do certain yoga poses, I run a couple miles in the morning, I do my motivation on social media, I take a selfie every day. Like there's a whole <laughs> bunch of things that I do. I look at my stock portfolio. Nice. There's a bunch of things that I do every single day. But the main ones that I do right when I get up revolve around weighing myself, drinking water. Obviously, I have this uh, this thing that I've been doing since I'm little, which is uh, having gratitude right when I wake up. There we have go. that as part of a man- mandatory thing that all Orthodox Jews have to do that we're committed to doing, which is called the first thing you do when you open your eyes is you thank God for giving you your soul back. It's called which is a saying that we say every single day. This is what my kids say it, I say it, my parents said it, my grandparents say it, which is opening up your eyes and just thanking our creator for giving us another day. That is freaking fantastic. I absolutely love that you cap that with the gratitude. I'm uh, around the house. We have we have three rules: be responsible, be grateful, and be kind. That's it. <laughs> so wow, fantastic! I love, I love those habits. All right, you. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Are absolutely killing it. Thank you so much for making the time. This is going to be a little too easy for you, and perhaps too hard because you're going to have to narrow the answer to two or three transformative books. So when I tell, when people ask me about books and there's so many books that I've read, I probably read over 300 books in the past couple of years and really, really studied like 10 or 15 books that really changed my life. But the book of the month for the motivation group this month is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If you haven't studied the book, if you just kind of skim through it, I would highly recommend you study the book because the stuff in there is kind of like stuff you already know, but you have to read it many times until you really it really goes into your subconscious. So The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey was a transformational book for me. Another one is The Four Agreements. If you haven't read The Four Agreements, again, one of the most powerful books, very simple agreements really help you be able to stay focused on having a better life. And so one of them is be impeccable with your word. The other one is um, another agreement that I'm constantly thinking about is never take anything personally. I kind of like learned that from my mother. And I'm, I like literally have to live that if I really want to be able to have uh, an amazing life. And then don't make any negative assumptions, like always assume positive intent. And finally, always give your best. If you live those four agreements and you understand what an agreement even is or what your word even is, it kind of changes your life. And then finally, I would say if you want to be able to get up early in the morning, which I used to be a night owl, I became a morning person. I read this book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. That was really helpful for me. Nice. Um, and like, I, and, and I'm going to give you a fourth one because I'm an overachiever. I'm going to give that. you one that 
um, called Getting Things Done by David Allen. I mentioned yeah. this earlier, but I think that it's worth mentioning the second time. I actually make it mandatory reading at my company because it is our competitive advantage as an agency to get things done. Time is one of the most important things that we have in our life. And if we don't know how to manage our priorities, we're never going to be able to make the best of our time. So this book literally teaches you a system and a process of how to manage your time to make yourself less stressed, stressed out every single day. I, I love all of the above and the seven habits. Um, for years, on our Monday morning meeting, I would make, <laughs> I shouldn't say make, have the guys, the team, reiterate, memorize the seven habits. And we just talk about one and we go from one week to the next what it means, why it's important. And you would think after 10 years plus, they would actually have them memorized, but they, <laughs> they don't. Um, four agreements sitting on the eldest daughter's bookshelf, not being read, but we tried to get there. You can lead a horse to water, right? Um, how we had, yeah, you on, can't make him drink. That's right. We had Hal on the show a couple months back. He was fantastic. And yes, David Allen, my favorite quote from him is the mind is for creating ideas, not holding them. I just love that. Mm. Write, write your yeah. stuff down. Yeah. Um, all right. So write your got, stuff down. Don't use your brain as a, don't use a brain as a filing cabinet. Correct. The weakest ink is stronger than the strongest memory. All right. Well, we will link to all of those books. Uh, final couple questions. I believe if you were limited to one or two, like what's your favorite tech tool, website, app, gadget, something you kind of couldn't live without one or two of those would be great to share. I would definitely say that my favorite yeah, my favorite like tech website is Google Docs. I mean, people don't realize how powerful Google Docs is, and I'm constantly using the spreadsheet tool. I'm constantly using the documents. I'm constantly sharing files. I'm like, I like live in Google Docs. That's um, everything that I do, I have dashboards set up. It's like very powerful. And the second tool, a social media tool, I would say, is LinkedIn. Most people are not leveraging LinkedIn to the max, and our company is really focused on LinkedIn right now. And People don't really know how to use LinkedIn. So we have all types of webinars and all types of things to educate people. And for me, LinkedIn has been transformational in my networking efforts and in my business in general. So um, I would say that if you haven't used LinkedIn, if you haven't looked at LinkedIn, Microsoft paid $26.2 billion for LinkedIn in 2016. And they're completely changed the way that LinkedIn works from a content marketing standpoint. So I highly recommend everyone check out that tool and try to leverage Google Docs for yeah, Google Docs. I'm, I'm, uh, I've been using much more and I couldn't agree more. That's super powerful. And LinkedIn, you said Microsoft paid how much? $26.2 billion. And it's just such a powerful, powerful tool. They have 500 million members. It's just very, very great. Um, and most people don't know how powerful it is. I personally didn't know until I started getting into it a few years back when our business started focusing on B2B companies. I had to really get into it. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, it is so incredibly powerful. So we're going even deeper into it and creating strategies for people on LinkedIn. Fantastic. So I promised earlier we would talk about, you said, is the, the book completed or coming out? The You said it was high energy. I can't read my writing here. 
Yeah, it's available. It's, a, it's available on Amazon. Uh, it's been available for a couple of months. My goal is to sell 125,000 copies of the book because I really want to change people's lives. It's how I lost 95 pounds and kept it off. You can go on Amazon.com, search High Energy Secrets. Secrets. Um, it's available there that you can buy it. Yep, High Energy Secrets. High Energy you can Secrets. Well, we're gonna we're gonna link to that, and we'll link to your website. And if there's any you know, like promo codes or anything, make sure you get that to me. I'm going to make sure people know how to find you. If you want to share any of your magic handles, whether it's Instagram or LinkedIn or, or Twitter, feel free yep. to do so. Yeah. So if you go to my website, joeapplebaum.com, you can sign up to my weekly newsletter. I sent, I've been sending out a weekly newsletter for the past four years. And awesome. so I sent over 200, uh, yeah, I sent over 200 of them already. It's kind of like a habit every single Sunday at 6 a.m. I send out a newsletter that I write down about my story, about my life, about something going on. Um, and my name, Joe Applebaum, you can look me up on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, on all the tools. I'm just there. And I have a Facebook group where I coach people. Um, it's called the Mojovation Group. I have over 600 members. My goal is to get to 1,000 members in that group and to really be able to serve people and to add value to them. So if you go to facebook.com slash groups slash motivation, M O J O V A T I O N, I'm there <laughs> to add value to your life. We will link to that too. Well, look, I know the listener is uh, still here and highly energized and, and just like I promised educational and enlightening and super entertaining the Chief Energy Officer, Joe Apfelbaum. Thank you so very much. Uh, if there's any final comments, last words, please share and we'll sign off from there. I just want to say one more thing, that energy without strategy is a waste of time. So although it's great to have all this energy and everything, but find a goal, pick a goal, set your goal, set the right habits, and you will get motivated make it happen motivated all right man well i love it thanks again joe absolutely brilliant thank you and i think we're right on time um yeah fantastic we will talk to you soon say goodbye listener all right goodbye everyone thank you cheers Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going? It's phenomenal. It's I, The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, check it out. Audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals. 
I'm going to say that again real quick. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Habits to Goals, and that is the number two. And, of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode.